Hey, before we get started, go over to the 2K Podcast Twitter account at 2K Podcast to stay up to date with everything that is going on. Got some real cool content that's coming out, and I want you guys to stay up to date with everything that I put out. But on the very first episode of the 2K Podcast, I go over opening night at the E-League. It was a real cool night. A lot of action. I have a lot to say about the games. So enough talking. Let's get to it. Okay, so check it out. I had a lot of fun watching these games. I I have to admit, it was a lot of fun. So this season is the first season that I've watched. So I'm relatively new to the players, the teams, and the personnel and things like that. So I relied a lot on the commentators to fill me in on things that I should probably know about the league. Um, And they do a really good job of informing the audience on things that's happened in previous seasons. So we're not like completely lost on what we're watching. So all of the games are best of three. And the winner of the series basically gets credited for that win on the season. Now, that's really cool because it allows teams to get more familiar with each other. And it also allows for the fans to see the adjustments that teams make. So, the very first match of the night was the 76ers and the Raptors. Um, Long story short, it was a beatdown. Okay, a cruel and unhumane beatdown. I mean, okay, so the 76ers... They went to the finals last season, and they lost to the Timberwolves in a seven-game series. You would think that they would still have a bad taste in their mouth, and they would have a chip on their shoulder, and they would come out and let everybody know, like, hey, this year is our year, right? Wrong. They were so lackadaisical in how they played. Like, even the commentators were at a loss of words for what was happening. The first game... It was sort of one-sided. But the second game, the 76ers lost by almost 40. Yes, 40. They were humiliated, and they should be embarrassed point-blank period. I mean, there's no other way to describe it. They were humiliated. Now, it was just one game. It's a long season. But this game right here for the 76ers, it was an embarrassment. I really hope they don't come out you know, when they play again, like they did opening night. Um, But at the same time, listen, we have to give credit where it's due. Raptors' defense was smothering. I mean, it was to the point where the 76ers couldn't even get a rhythm. And I felt like sick one. Sick one, the center on the Raptors, he established himself as the best player on the court. I mean, as soon as the jump ball happened, he was bringing the ball up the court, He was hitting the cutters. He was putting the ball on the ground, attacking the hoop. This is the center doing this, not the point guard, the center. He damn near had a triple-double in the first game. He did have a triple-double in the second game, okay? Now, again, I'm not overreacting. Yes, it's just one game, and it's a long, long season. But ladies and gentlemen, please listen to me when I tell you this. The Raptors made a 
statement tonight. If they didn't do anything else, they made a statement. Let me transition to the Cavs and the Pacers, the second game of the night. Um, God of 2K, and I tweeted this. God of 2K as the Tony Allen of the E-League. Okay? And for all you young kids who don't know who Tony Allen is, do your research. Okay? As soon as I saw God of 2K full court press the ball, I already knew what he brought to the table. Okay? He is a problem on the defensive end. When the commentator said that he won defensive player of the year last year, I didn't even blink. Like I I was like, of course he did. <laughs> His presence on defense is spectacular. Where you can actually just look and say, oh yeah, he's the best defender probably in the league. Alright. I think I seen enough defense tonight from God of 2K to say he is the best defender in the league. Alright. He wasn't necessarily getting steals and blocking shots. He was just making it really tough for Bohio to get comfortable. Bohio is the Pacers' point guard. He was all in Bohio's shorts. And I do believe that Bohio played a really good game. But I felt like God of 2K was really being a pest on the defensive end, not letting him get comfortable. All right. So pretty much the Pacers lost game one. And they really lost game one in the third quarter. For some reason... In the third quarter of game one, the Pacers just stopped playing defense. I mean, they were just letting the Cavs shoot open threes, and the Cavs just went on a run that the Pacers just couldn't recover from. But game two really kind of gave us a feel for, you know, who these two teams really are. Strainer. Okay, Strainer is the Cavs' point guard. He really struggled in the first half of game two. I mean, he would get to the paint. He would high step. It would be two defenders around him, and he just wouldn't know what to do. I mean, he would pass it to somebody, turn it over, or he will just go up and miss. Like, he was just, he didn't know what to do. Um, and he had a terrible first half. I mean, he even went into the second half. I think he was he was cold at one point. Like, he had the, the, the cold temple next to his name. He was struggling that bad. But the Cavs didn't like get put out of the game in game two because O'Leary um I think he's the Cavs power forward I mean O'Leary just kept making plays that you know one or two more baskets from the Pacers the Pacers are putting the Cavs away but O'Leary would just get a rebound here an assist there a put back here that'll just keep the Cavs in the game and I was just like Pacers please just score one more time to put these guys away they couldn't do it O'Leary would not let them go away and you know the Pacers went into halftime with a nice sizable lead but not a lead where you just felt like they were going to be able to sustain it and Jomar and Wolf, the Pacers' power forward and center, they had a really strong outing in the first half. I think they had about 12 rebounds and seven steals combined. I mean, their presence was really felt. But again, you just knew, at least I just knew, the Cavs were going to make a run at some point because they were just hanging around. They didn't get put away. And 
you know, I just, I wasn't sold on the Pacers. As much as they had the lead, as well as they were playing, I just knew the Cavs were going to come out in the third quarter and take the lead. And that's exactly what they did. Just like in game one, in game two, in the third quarter, the Cavs just went on a run. Like I, I, that, that's basically what happened. I mean, Strainer, he found his stride. O'Leary just continued to be sensational like he was in the first half and got a 2K, the best defender in the league continued to show why he was the best defender in the league all right um listen man the Cavs they're gonna be a problem there's no I mean there's no other way to put it the, the Cavs are gonna be a problem and it's just again I don't want to overreact because it's just one game and you know it's a long season but I really like what I saw from the Cavs sometimes you just have to go with your gut and go with your instincts if I'm wrong I'm wrong but I think the best team won tonight, and that was the Cavs. And I expect the Cleveland Cavaliers to make a run this season. Hey, I got a question for you. Why haven't you followed the Twitter profile yet at 2K Podcast? What are you waiting for? All right, if you want to stay up to date, if you want to know everything that's going on, if you want, you know, extra coverage of the E-League, cool 2K content, gotta follow it man you gotta follow 2k podcast stop wasting your time go over there do it right now all right do not return to this podcast until you go follow at 2k podcast all right back to the show after the first few possessions of cb13 of the warriors and bash of the kings i knew we were going to be in for a treat listen cb13 is a great point guard okay if you want to start a team if you want to build a team you want somebody like cb13 running the show all right the way that he can read and dissect defenses and get to the rack is crazy all right now in game one beast move and slaughter for the warriors played really well i mean the warriors were clicking on all cylinders in game one they were very patient, they weren't forcing things, and they were just taking what the defense gives them, okay? That's all the signs of a good team. And Beast Move um, really impressed me. He had some huge plays down the stretch um, of the fourth quarter of game one. And I really like Bash. He he has the, 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 the dribble moves figured out, okay? He, he knows what he's doing with that analog stick, all right? Um, and he didn't want to lose game one. I think he had, what, 40, 41? Let me just say this. The point guard battle was everything I thought it was going to be and more, um, especially in game one. Like, that was fun. Games like that are always fun for the viewer to just watch guards just go at it back and forth. Um, and in game two, the Warriors just had the Kings number. I mean, the, the Kings were fighting to, to try to make it close. And they did make it close, but the, the Warriors were just a better team. And they won. And that's why they won both games one and game two. Listen, the Warriors have a lot of talent in terms of putting the ball in the basket. It's going to be really fun to see the problems that they give defenses throughout the season. So the final game of opening night, the Hawks and the Mavericks. Very one-sided, didn't really get to watch much of the first game because it was a blowout and the Kings and Warriors were a much closer game. Obviously, they wanted to show us a closer game. Um, but the second game, I was really tuned in. 
the commentators said that the Mavericks have all played with each other. And honestly, it showed, especially on the defensive end. I felt like the Mavericks were very crisp on their rotations, especially Pete, the baller, and Spark. Um, they're powerful in the center for the Mavericks. The way that they rotated from the paint to the perimeter to cause turnovers, which will lead to fast break buckets, honestly, it just really showed their basketball IQ. And apparently, they have a player on their team. His name's Dimes. He used to play the point guard position last year, and now he's playing off the ball. And then the commentator said that he played a power forward. I mean, listen, anytime you have somebody like that that can play multiple positions, I mean, even from the one to the four, that means that player has IQ. And obviously, everybody has IQ if they're in the E League. But it's still levels to the IQ. You know, I don't think everybody in the E-League can play the one, the two, the three, or the four. I mean, that's that's versatility. In terms of knowing how to play the game of 2K as a team, how can the Mavericks not be number one? I mean, they're just another team in the E-League that's posed to make a run this year. Before we talk about the Hawks, let me ask this question. Can we please mic the players up? I really enjoy seeing BP from the Hawks get hyped when his controller disconnected. I mean, obviously, nobody knew what he was saying. But I want to see emotion. You know, I, it's, it's, it's easy for me to enjoy the game when people playing the game are emotionally involved. All right? I'm all for micing the players up. I, I want to see you scream when you get an A1. I want to see you get hyped because then I get hyped. And when I get hyped, Everybody's hyped. Everybody's having a good time. Let's mic up the players at some point throughout the season. I think that'll be really, really cool if 2K was to do that. I'm hearing the commentators asking who's going to be the Robin to BP's Batman. I mean, I'm guessing they're implying that he doesn't have enough help consistently. Listen, if that's the case, and that's the really what it looked like tonight it really looked like bp didn't have much help out there if it's going to be like that for the entire season the hawks are going to be in for a very 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 long season okay you're questioning whether or not you can get two people to show up when some of these teams have three players that can step up on any given night and make plays all right you're going to lose a lot of games like that there's no other way around it. You need somebody to step up for the Hawks because BP can't do it by himself, all right? He's going to have to learn how to trust his teammates, and they're going to have to step up, and they're going to have to be, you know, available and ready for the moment because if BP has to do everything, I mean, I understand the the E-League, the point guard is ball dominant. He's going to have a ball in his hand 70% of the time, but, like, Come on, man. Somebody just got to help this man because you're not going to beat the Cavs. You're not going to beat the Warriors. You're not going to beat the Kings, the Raptors. You're not going to beat any of these teams just relying on one person. Like, it's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So, hopefully, the Hawks, um, you know, they learn from this. And, you know, when they come back for the next game, Every everybody's involved and everybody's stepping up to the plate. 
Because again, if not, it's going to be a long season. All right, that's it. That's the end of the opening night podcast. Um, I couldn't live tweet during opening night because something came up. Um, but you can rest assured that I will be live tweeting for day number two. Live tweeting from all, every single game. All right. And it will be from my Twitter account at 2K Podcast, which you should be following by now. If not, please head over there. Make sure you follow, stay up to date, give me a shout out, whatever. Please be sure to follow and follow along and be a part of the movement, man. It's going to be a great season. All right. But until then, I'm Profit and I'll see y'all tomorrow.